two-time Galaxy Savers, they're really going to be able to up their prices. Football is where he lives, whether we like it or not. Gird your loins, it's time for the shakedown. everybody and welcome to episode 14 of the shakedown podcast i am austin stevens joining me as always dan schweizer here and once again we are without uh guest dylan webster yeah he uh what's he's got play practice or musical sorry sorry dylan musical practice today yeah musical it's got singing in it which is fine i'll once again we'll give him that yeah uh, so we are recording this on a Saturday this week. Yeah, and because Dylan has work tonight and musical practice tomorrow, so he wasn't going to make it either way. Yeah. And this works better for me. Yes. And it just so happens that today is was also free comic book day. Yeah. So I hope everybody had a good one of those. I definitely did. Ooh, what'd you get? Uh, well, uh, me and Cassie went in to go get some free comics, and it was each person gets four comics. Ooh. So I took four, she took two, and then they were also running just giant boxes of comics that were two for a dollar. So I thumbed through those. You're going to take like six or so. And mm-hmm. I got some issues of Civil War Two. Nice. Um, I got zero through six, but I couldn't find five. <laughs> so I got those. And then I was literally about to leave. And the guy manning the station goes, guys, guys, listen up. Uh, I have a new deal. We're going to do, it's still uh, two for a dollar, but if you get 20 or more comics, we can do four for a dollar. So I walked out of that place with 26 comics for $5. Oh, wow. That's insane. Yeah, I took in a good haul. Did you get any uh, Secret Empire stuff? Uh, yeah, one of the free comics was actually a Secret Empire one. Ah, oh, sweet. Was it uh, number one? I think so. Yeah. So I got that one. I really want to start reading that. I got some, I grabbed a Scarlet Spider, I grabbed a Spider-Man 2099, some Green Lantern Core, a couple Batman, a Deadpool. Um, I feel like there's another good one I got, but I can't remember. That's beautiful. So yeah, that was, that was the cap to my Saturday before we do this now. (laughs) It was pretty good. Very nice. Uh, so... You know, while we're on the subject of comics, we're going to go ahead and move into our uh, big section of Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to do a little TV, film, and geekdom mashup because I'm sure everybody wants to hear our thoughts on that. Yeah, because... It's not like it's all over the internet. Mm-mm. It's we gotta, everywhere. We got to get our thoughts in. Yeah, because that's why you listen to the podcast is for our thoughts. Exactly. But before it's, we do that, it's not. We do why have. Why are you listening? <laughs> but before we do that, we do have an advertiser for this episode oh, yeah. that I continually forget. That we do that at the top of the episode. <laughs> yep, you just run straight over my little doodad at the beginning. I, uh, this yeah. week's episode is brought to you by the power of social media, which is apparently no power because you guys still don't send us any fan mail. Yeah. So, uh, social media, get ignored. Boom. Yeah. We're really All good right. at getting ignored. I think that's the point so of social good. media, right? I'm pretty sure the only person that responds to us on social media is MT. Probably. And that's only because Master we talked Chainman about him. Master is the only one. Well, I mean, it's not 
only because we talked about him. Yeah, he's a cool dude. I was going to say, we should he just cool start dude. talking about people. And then if we talk about them, they'll tweet at us. But we talk about soup Maybe. all the time and he doesn't tweet at us. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, let's, let's roll into this, uh, this Guardian stuff. Yeah. So do you want to do it? Not spoilers and then spoilers, because I'd rather just dive right in and just talk about whatever we want the whole time. Um, well, I think maybe we should start with some non-spoiler stuff and then, and then get spoilery. But I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on non-spoilers. Okay. Uh, so you go ahead. All right. So, um, as everybody knows, Guardians 2 features all the same cast uh, with Yondu in it a little more heavily. Yeah. Uh, Nebula's got a much larger role. Mm-hmm. And we're introduced to Ego and Mantis. Yes. So there's there's more characters that it centers around, which I enjoyed the expansion of the team. And one thing that I heard someone talking about on the radio is that even though Star-Lord is kind of the main character, he's not... Uh, he's not so much your focus throughout the movie which when i heard them say it i was like shut up you're stupid but then i saw the movie and i i kind of get their point in it because they do spend a lot of time on other characters and it's really well done yeah he didn't necessarily take a a back seat Mm -hmm. but he was maybe riding shotgun along with all the other characters. Yeah, I I would agree with that. No one character specifically drove the story. Yeah, there were a couple that had equally great character story arcs. Definitely Yondu and Rocket were great story arcs. Yeah. Um, The Nebula and Gamora dynamic worked really well yeah i enjoyed that Uh, Mm -hmm. baby groot was too damn adorable he's pretty great oh my gosh so friggin cute that was that was fantastic yeah um (laughs) him him waving to gamora all the time (laughs) yeah especially the first and that that opening (laughs) scene oh man i guess it's not the opening scene but the opening fight scene which yes everybody's seen it's the giant interdimensional being where they're yeah where they're fighting to get the batteries so everybody's seen that but there's a really big twist to that that's amazing yep and it's it's perfect yeah man i loved it um but yeah, it, it was just a uh, really fun movie, and I thought the fatherhood theme played really well, and since I'm about to be a dad, that that kind of resonated with me <laughs> pretty well. I mean, that's probably why I love Baby Groot yeah. so much, too, is also because I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a Baby Groot, only not a... <laughs> Groot. Yeah, there's... We I hope s- it's not a tree. We <laughs> saw it with our office. Our office took us Friday morning. Yeah, and, and Kanye. Yeah, and Kanye was there with us too. <laughs> um, and one of the guys I work with is a dad. And I asked him, I yeah. was like, did that resonate with you? And he's like, man, I cried a couple times. <laughs> it's like, okay, it must be, it must be a father thing. Yeah. Uh, I... I mean, I cried once at the end, which is where you'd expect to cry. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but nowhere else. But yeah, some of the stuff uh, really 
really stuck with me. It was really good. Um, so if we want to go over just like the spoiler free, just kind of overall thoughts. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like what, uh, what was the foremost plot of the movie? Well, it's definitely Peter's relationship with his dad. Yes. With ego, which everybody already knew that. And there's some twists and turns along the way with that. And honestly, I didn't see it coming. Nope. It was um, good. Yeah, because a lot, like, half the movie, I was like, okay, who's, who's the antagonist in this? Because Yeah, absolutely. Because the Ravages are in there, but they're not really doing a lot. And then the Sovereign are in there, but they're not really doing a lot. Mm-hmm. And leading up to the movie... Uh, everybody thought it was just going to be Rocket stole something from them. And then this, it was going to be the Sovereign chasing them down. And it was just going to be like a chase movie kind of the yeah. whole time. Kind of like the first one where, where the orb is the MacGuffin, but the, actual, like, but the Guardians would be the MacGuffin for this one, right. for the Sovereign. And that's not at all... I mean, it's kind of... There's a subplot, but that's not at all what the yeah, main story it, was. It's, not the main story it's the it's the kicking off point it's what sets everything else in motion basically yeah and i think it definitely works that was i enjoyed the plot i thought it was good it's you you can't really get into much of it because we don't want to spoil it but in terms later yeah in terms of who the characters are it it didn't seem like it was out of left field or that it was in or that intentions or motivations were in question. Yeah. So yeah. Um one thing that I particularly enjoyed uh was them getting into uh Yandu and his like backstory with the ravagers because they like you know that the ravagers are more than just yondu's crew but in the first one we never see any other ravagers and when they get into why they never see any other ravagers that was a very cool thing to learn about and uh yeah i liked it the big reveal uh, later with Ego. Wow. I was just like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. De- yeah. I felt like some of the... I feel like the Ravager subplot was a little underutilized. Because it, it was kind of just come and gone. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, what they did with it, I thought they utilized it well um, for what they did use of it. Yeah. But they could have spent some more time if, if they wanted to. Yeah, it did. It did feel a little bloated at times. Like there was a lot going on. And it's been it's been compared to Empire Strikes Back in the sense that like they split up the team. Yeah. And then there's a lot going on within each split, and then the characters themselves have a lot going on. And so there were points where it's like, oh, right, yeah, that is happening, along with these other two things are also happening right now. And so it it got a little hard to remember exactly like where we were in every single story. Yeah. Yeah, and it I also felt like sometimes that it, I think it, it might have been the editing or the pace of the film, but it seemed like 
a lot of scenes could have lasted maybe just another more minute because a lot of them just kind of abruptly end like on the like on a weird cliffhanger and it's just oh 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 we're in another place now i was just really getting into that what happened (laughs) so like if a if a lot of scenes had just been like another more minute just to sit in that in that scene and the emotion that that scene had i think it would have been a lot a lot better movie than what it was and wouldn't have felt so forced because a lot of it i personally i felt that it was trying to be serious with all the emotion and all the character developments and stuff but at the same time not take itself seriously at all And I think it be maybe because of time constraints, like just trying to fit too much in at times it it just, I got whiplash from going from one extreme to the other between scenes or even just in the middle of a scene. And like humor's great. It's a, it's a hilarious movie. There's some laugh out loud moments. Oh, absolutely. But I watched it with Dylan and there was maybe like, 20 or 30 other people because it was a 9.15 a.m. showing. Yeah. So, uh, there, there were, Dylan's got a loud laugh. There were multiple times that (laughs) (laughs) Dylan laughed really loud and probably everybody heard him. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's really funny and it's also really emotional and I give it props for both of those. It's both really great uses of both that they did, but mm-hmm. uh, at times they did not mesh at all for me. Yeah, and that's where we uh, we differ. Granted, I only watched it the one time. I was supposed to see it a second time tonight, but didn't work out. It's probably for the best because I'm really tired. But uh, <laughs> I... I didn't feel like much was forced. There were like one or two moments that I can kind of kind of feel what you're saying, but uh not not very much. So our our opinions differ on the quality of the movie. Yeah. Uh I People have asked, is it, how does it compare to the first movie? And tonally, it's very similar yeah. to the first movie, which makes sense because it takes place four months after the first movie. It's, it's the same characters we know, so it's not that different. But the themes and what's happening is very different. So uh, I rate it equal, equally as good as the first one, uh, but good in different ways. Yeah, I would agree, but just slightly less than the first one. I think if I had to choose between the two, I would watch the first one over this one. Like, it wouldn't be a hard decision for me. That's rough. I don't know. Yeah. I have to I have to give it more viewings before I make that decision. I mean, I definitely... I walked out of it the first one, the first time I saw it, and I thought, that, that wasn't that great. And then I saw it again 12 hours later, <laughs> and I, I liked it a lot better the second time so i'm gonna call it i'm gonna say it is a great movie yes um it's not exactly what i wanted it to be there were some moments i didn't like but i think overall it is a great movie with some glaring flaws all right so yeah when we can we can move into spoilers and i can get into more details about it yeah, let's done do it. All right. So it's just some of the moments that got a little too cheesy and forced for me 
was Drax's like 20 forced laughs. <laughs> like I, I, the second time I saw it, I counted. He, he laughed out loud five times in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like a thing that I have where I just, I don't like characters laughing at jokes within the movie. Like I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather the movie make the joke and move on. I don't, like the office would be a completely different show if <laughs> if everyone was if everybody at laughed jokes. at Jim's antics. Like it'd be an entirely different show and it wouldn't be good. And so I think right. it's just something about that where like Drax laughing all the time at everything and it's just such a loud forced laugh. I'm like, "Okay, that's that's enough of that, please." Uh well, I think part of that is Drax's character. Okay, maybe I don't like Drax's character then. <laughs> <laughs> like it So that's that's one of the things that you felt was forced that I didn't feel was forced because I I perceive that as part of Drax's character is he finds things that are kind of humorous to be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. He has a different sense of humor than than you and I. It'd be he's like soup. Soup laughs so hard at things that are just kind of funny. Maybe that's why I hate Drax. No. Maybe. No, I don't hate Drax. <laughs> I like Drax. Um but but maybe like I think the overall like stemming from that is some of the jokes good great jokes but they felt they overstayed their welcome i think at times uh like like taser would you say like taser, taser face yeah, yeah. <laughs> taser face went on way too long um the tape I, I don't know the tape at the end was really funny and but just the him going around to literally everybody and asking for if they had tape, it got yeah. it got a little old. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I agree with that. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, and then Drax is just just laughing a lot. Uh, so one one thing that I really enjoyed. Uh, about Drax's stuff is uh, is him calling Mantis hideous. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then it had a really good payoff at the end. Yeah, it did. That, that one, was great. Yeah, that was one of the better running jokes throughout it. Um, I don't know. And then some of the, just some of the dialogue and interaction felt forced. And I think it goes back to the trying to be serious and not take itself seriously at the same time. It's just like the dialogue and character interactions is just boom. And like, Oh, Oh, okay. We're supposed to be feeling for this character. Now I thought we were, (laughs) I thought we were making fun of him. What's going on? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, calling rocket, not a raccoon, just, it was basically just mudslinging, like the whole movie. Just let's Dude, call, let's just call. Trash each- Panda was so funny. Though. That one was good, but that was the first time they did it. Like that was great. Yeah. Is but- that better? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. It's not. It's so much worse. <laughs> yeah. So that that was great, <laughs> but then it just kept going. Yeah, uh, and it just turned into like an insult fight for the whole. I don't. I don't remember um, Yondu calling Rocket a rat in the first one. If he did, then that works really well. I think what would have been funnier is if Yondu had called him a hamster for the whole film because yeah. that's what Daenerys... Or De- did I say that right? What? What's... The the Nova Corps officer, the Daenerys Sim. Oh, Dele- I can't. I, don't know the I rank. can't remember. But Daenerys is 
from Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, it's not Daenerys, Daenerys, or da- I don't fucking know. Oh uh, right, Something. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, he he says I can't believe I'm taking orders from a hamster. Yeah. So it would have been funny if Yondu had then called Rocket a hamster for this whole movie, but instead he calls him a rat. Yeah. Um, I liked that. Uh that Nebula calls him a fox for the whole movie. Yeah. Because it's not really insulting. It's just she doesn't know what a fox is. Yeah, she doesn't know what a fox is, and she doesn't know what a raccoon is. She's just throwing out a random animal name. My my complaint, though, would be that Ego calls him a triangle-faced monkey... But he's been to Earth. He knows what a he's raccoon is. Yeah. Like that's, what? That's a good point. He. Yeah. What? Well, we don't know how long he spent on Earth, though. But he, he does say that he went to Earth three times. Yeah. But he doesn't say how long he spent any of those times. So he knew what a monkey was, but he didn't know what a raccoon was? Yeah, because, I mean, people love monkeys. They're all over TV, and also there was a band called The Monkeys. I guess so. That I guess that could work. I have a lot to say about ego, though. <laughs> all right, well... Why don't we uh why don't we talk about ego? Okay. And how how ridiculously well done that character was. Yeah. I the first time I saw it I was nervous <laughs> that he was just going to be a person and not a planet. Yeah. And so I'm really glad they worked that in. Although I am really disappointed that the face on the planet didn't talk. Oh, I know, right? That would have been great. Like, that's that's what I had wanted. Because that's what Ego is. He's literally just a, yeah. a planet with a face. And the face talks. I, I was talking about this with uh, someone earlier. Um, because when they got on his ship and Mantis put him to sleep, I leaned over to Dylan because he had seen it at midnight. And I was like, oh my gosh, is... Is the physical body like psychically linked to the planet? And he he like looked at me looked back at the screen, looked at me again. And he goes, why are you even asking? You clearly know. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, like this is new. Ego never created a body for himself in the comics. He no. was just a living planet. Yeah. So this was new and I, I really liked it. Yeah, I I got really excited when Dylan was like, you already know. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. And that's really the only way they could do it because as Drax points out, a planet would crush Meredith Quill. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So, Um, yeah, it had to be like that. Um, But his motivation is great because his name is Ego, so he's all about himself. So it makes sense that he would want to be everything in the universe. That was, that was fantastic. Yeah. I didn't question that at all. Even though it's still the like villain (laughs) wants to rule everything. He has, if you think about it, he has a really good motivation, even though on the surface, it still looks like that. Right. It's the generic the generic villain wants to take over the world only for him. It's the universe, yeah. but it it's in his character. It's yeah, in it's, his name. Yeah. It's who he is, you know? So you have to think about it in the Marvel universe where they have all these personification <laughs> beings of just concepts. So like death, there's a being and it's all about death. Eternity is a being and it's all about, you know, time and space and whatever. 
Yeah. And so they have all these personifications. So ego is literally the personification of egotism. Yes. And so of course he would want that. Like that's obviously his only purpose and mission is that. Uh, did you like that they made him a celestial? Yeah, I didn't mind that. I thought it was, uh, yeah, it, it works within the universe. I don't think it does. I'm curious as to whether or not he's right, that he's the only celestial. Did he say that? Because you, yes, he did. He said that, that he's the only one of his kind, but does he, does he know that? Or is it just that he never encountered another celestial? It has to be that he never encountered one because we saw another celestial in the first, in the first one. Right. And the, the flash of the celestial using the power stone. Yeah. And then nowhere is in the head of the the celestial head of a celestial, which um, one of the cool things that links to that, uh, the coordinates for nowhere, people just people ciphered it into Meredith Quill's X. And because nowhere is the severed head of a celestial, that links to ego being a celestial. Right. Yeah. That's cool. That was a yeah. That was a cool Easter egg from the first one. Um, um, but more on more on the character of ego. Yes. Um, I liked that he was able to build a, a human body for himself so that yeah. he could interact with people. But that my was cool. but my problem is the timeline in which he did it because he says that he built himself a human body because he wanted to be human and then he encountered life. So right. how I did he know saying. how did he know what a human was? How did he even know <clears throat> what biological life looked like? He was just a well, brain. Right. They he did say uh he built the body that he imagined uh, would be most fit for biological life or whatever. Yeah. So he just imagined um, perfectly what a human apparently was? Apparently he had perfectly imagined a human, which, granted, it's, it's revisionary history. Maybe that's not what he looked like at first. It could, yeah, he could have changed his body over the years. Yeah, because, I mean... It's like if if you were him, would you actually show what your first attempt looked like if it was just horrible? Yes. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Yeah, man. Truth is history. History is no, truth. It's not. You gotta tell the truth. Cause history he is told by the winners and ego constantly the winner of his history i yeah i guess he would want to say like <laughs> i did it perfect the first time yeah exactly that's so true we don't know if that's actually what his first body looked like his first body yeah maybe he made a bipedal humanoid form but maybe it looked really weird yeah that's true um I was going to say something, and then I forgot. (laughs) Got me sidetracked. Did you like that they got Hasselhoff? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, this was my thing. (laughs) I have nothing against Hasselhoff being being in this. I think it's hilarious that Peter Quill told everybody that Hasselhoff was his dad. But I really wished that they had used Kurt Russell and, like, Peter Quill told yes. everybody that Kurt Russell yes. was his dad. And I then, felt the same way. Yeah, and then he meets Ego, and Ego's his dad. But they never and reference it. Like, yeah, but they yeah. never reference it or make mention of it at all. It's just like a random coincidence Yeah, that only the audience would get. Like, I wish they had done that, but, but having Hasselhoff... Uh, and then him even appearing at the end as yeah, uh-huh was really great. 
yeah, that was that was really funny. Um, I enjoyed that. Okay. Oh, ego. That's I remember now. Okay. E- watching it the second time, mm-hmm. I paid attention to details before the twist of okay. ego, and he is a uh-huh. really good actor. Like not Kurt Russell, ego. Like the character ego is a really good actor. Yeah. Because like he acts like he cares about being a dad. He yes. acts like he cared about Meredith. Yeah. Um, he, you know, all of these things like that. He's just straight up lying. Yeah, absolutely. To win Peter over. Mm hmm to to make him easier to use. Um one thing that when we were before Ego was confirmed as Peter's dad, we had discussed it that maybe Quasar could be Peter's dad and uh uh MT did a uh, a video about that and yeah. that uh, Quasar's radiation caused her brain cancer. Right. When, when Ego was talking about that's why I knew if I went back a fourth time, I would never leave and I was so sad that I had to do it. I was like, oh my God, he killed Meredith and then he goes that's why I had to put that tumor in her head I was like oh shit yeah and I Peter's response to that was perfect oh yeah they handled that really well it was it was exactly what you what you would expect because his mom was all he had. He watched her die. And and to find out that he purposefully gave her the brain tumor. Yeah, that... Mm-hmm. That, wow. hit, that hit me, too. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Um, another thing... It's, I guess it's kind of on the topic of ego. I don't like that Yandu died because he finally got cool with that sweet uh, fin. I know. But the stupid part is he didn't have to die. Where was the ship? Why couldn't they just pick him up? Exactly. Like, they went out in space and I was like, it's going to be exactly like in the first one where the ship flies in and saves them just in time. And then all of a sudden they're putting funeral stuff on him. And I was like, oh, my God, no, he's actually dead. What? No. Yeah. Where was the ship? Because they still had to pick up Peter. Yeah. So. Exactly. And Cassie tried to explain it. That she said, oh, well, the planet was exploding. The ship had to get out of the way. Okay. That's a fair point. But if the ship couldn't be that close to the planet while it's exploding how are two human or two you know peter and yandu how can they be that close to the planet without dying like if they can be there the ship can be there to get them yeah so i i just it pisses me off yeah i mean like i i get it from finishing that story arc that fatherhood story arc um and kind of the emotional impact that it carried that was the point yeah. of it but yeah i agree i was it should I was have been done different that, that he died yeah or if like oh they could have done it better <laughs> if if yandu found peter slapped the jetpack and spacesuit on him like he did to drax sent him up and then Yandu fought um, Ego for the last 10 seconds of that countdown 
and then it's both of Peter's father figures going at it. Yeah, but Yondu didn't stand a chance against Ego. Well, with his arrow, he could at least like hold him off with his arrow, his new high-tech, super-powered, thin arrow combination for 10 seconds. Ex- except that it got broken. Well, then they just don't break it. <laughs> I'm saying like that would have been... The- so you're saying that when that Ego doesn't take down everyone else and then... Peter summons his heart powers to yeah to like, control the light like f- everything plays out exactly the same except he doesn't beat ego mm. and whenever Yandu flies in to grab him and fly out instead he slaps it on him Peter flies out and then Yandu fights ego for the last 10 seconds to give Peter and the guys the rest of the guardians enough time to get out. I just feel like that would have made more sense than them just floating in space and Yandu dies and the ship is nowhere to be seen. That's fair. Cause there's an easy way out of that scenario of just yeah. the ship being there. Cause they still had to pick up Peter. Yeah. He wasn't going anywhere. So that's, that made, that made me mad. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And you know what else I don't like? This is just going to be me ranting. (laughs) The stupid asteroid field at the beginning was such a pointless piece of cinema. (laughs) Especially when everyone, the rest of the fleet flew around it. Yeah, what the hell? Like, it felt like, it felt like James Gunn just went, okay, there's two things that I want to happen. I want them to fly through this asteroid field while they're chased by just one last guy. And Drax does this cool thing where he's hanging out the back. But I mm-hmm. also want Ego to blow up a bunch of ships. How do I have both? You don't get both. <laughs> you get one or the other. Because why didn't... Uh, if the Sovereign could fly around the asteroid field, why couldn't the Guardians just fly around the asteroid field? Well, because apparently it takes the exact same amount of time because they, the Guardians got through the asteroid field at the same time that the Sovereign got around the asteroid field to shoot at them. Yeah, well, his, his thought was they'll chase us through it and they won't be able to navigate it. But the, sovereign, the Sovereign's thought was he thinks we're all going to chase him through it but it's just as fast to go around it. It's so dumb. Just go well, around it. It's like, oh, we made it through. Oh, crap. They went around it. <laughs> Come on. You, you're better than that. <sighs> and it's just, it was moments like that that really took me out of the movie. And as I said before, glaring flaws. And that would be that's about all of them for me. That's that's fair. Yeah. Yes. That's that's a fair flaw. Okay. Bashing over. <laughs> it was a great movie. Um one of one of my favorite parts was uh when they're gonna jump to nowhere and Yandu's like, What are you doing? We uh, a biological body or whatever he said can't handle more than 15 consecutive jumps safely. And Rocket's like, yeah, I know that. We're about to do over 700. (laughs) Yeah, that was was great. So funny. Oh my gosh. And and then they went to like 10 or 15 minutes of scene on Ego and bounce back to them, them making the jumps and going all crazy. Yeah. Just for like two or three seconds and then back to Ego. Oh, that was great. Uh, and I was hoping that we would get a few more Easter eggs in that scene. Yeah. Like some sort of Thor or... Well, they went, they went or through Doctor Strange. Sakaar. That That's right, yeah. 
Yeah, I that guess was cool. where those two guys were fighting each other. Yeah, they went through Sakar. Oh, yeah, I guess that was Sakar. And then the the Stan Lee one. Yeah. <laughs> Which we can that I loved and it confirms a fan theory yep, that, that Stan Lee is if he's not a watcher, he's at least involved with the watchers and his mm-hmm. character actually has a purpose within the universe other than just Stanley making cameos. Yes. That's so great. I like to think that maybe he's like a watcher fanboy. He's not exactly immortal, but he's a very long lived uh, being just a being that, yeah yeah that discovered who the watchers are and what they do and he was like that sounds like a fun time i want to do that <laughs> that yeah that's yeah that's definitely a stanley thing to be <laughs> and i guess on that topic do you just want to talk about the the post credit scenes since that yes. was kind of one of them. Okay. So there's that one. Um, so we don't need to talk about that one where they all like walk away from him, whatever. Good. We're 20% of the way done. Great. Uh, Groot is a teenager now. <laughs> that, uh, I felt like that scene could have been shorter. But yeah, it was still, funny. Yeah, it was really good. So he's going to be obviously fully grown in Infinity War. Right. Because which we already knew take place in present time which means it'll be four years later than that scene yeah or presumably you know a few years we don't know how long the teenage group would have been after the 2014 yeah nah, i don't know but he'll he's gonna be back fully grown which is good yes um then we've got the very first one which was Sean Gunn. I forget his character's name. Um, but he's using the fin and the arrow. Right. So now do you think that he's going to be part of the team? Um, yeah, Guardians 3. I think, I think he'll make... Uh, I don't know if he'll be part of the team as much as he'll just uh be involved right yeah like just the guy that mans the ship yeah yeah like that cool that's nice of his, that's nice of james gunn to give his brother a big role <laughs> it's a it's a good role though it's very yeah. fitting um okay and so then we've got ah oh, crap i didn't mean to start a mutiny so uh, so what are the other two we've got the one with it's the original guardians yes that that was uh, uh stakar aka starhawk starhawk yeah that was and great then, i really liked the uh the glowing shoulder blades to uh to hint at the starhawk yeah connection that was cool i didn't um, know the first time i saw it i didn't know who he was and oh, then you didn't no you didn't know stakar was uh starhawk's original name no i didn't and then whenever Free i Star saw Hawk. no and then and then whenever that final when that post-credit scene came on and they were all there mm. yeah i didn't know who any of them were and i actually thought that the ice I recognized head, two of them i see i thought i recognized two of them i thought i recognized <laughs> the ice head and the red guy and i thought they were heralds of galactus Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, shit. Did they get Galactus back? But now I realize I'm completely wrong. And it was... It's just the Guardians 3000. Yeah, it was Martin, Martin X. The big dude was Charlie 27. Yep. The head was mainframe voiced by Miley Cyrus. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, um, man. The red guy was Krugar, I think is his name. He's actually not... Yeah, that sounds right. He wasn't part of the original uh, 31st century ones. Right. Um, he's actually a pupil of Doctor Strange. 
and oh, cool. takes over. So that's why he can do like the spell stuff that he did with the thumbs up. Yeah. So he's a sorcerer. And in the comics, he actually takes over as Sorcerer Supreme when Dr. Strange moves into the Ancient One role. Ooh. And he has the Cloak of Levitation and the Eye of Agamotto, which he's obviously not going to get in the movies. But you can see that he can still do mystical stuff. magic stuff. So that's a tie to Dr. Strange. Very Um, nice. And then there's the Asian emo girl, which was a major revamp of one of the original uh, Guardians, but I forget her name. Yeah, I didn't recognize her. Uh, And I think that was everybody. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so that's cool. There, I hope they have a bigger role in the future. And it was a nice way to work in that because they were a team before. And Yondu even says, we were yes. a team much like you guys. Yep. And it turns is, out it's the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. So that's nice really nod. cool. Yeah, it is. And so I hope they have a bigger role moving on. And then I cannot remember <laughs> the last, the fifth one. Oh, you mean the Adam Warlock scene? Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> oh, freaking Adam Warlock. Oh, man. I when love they, it so much. When they flashed to Aisha, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's going to be Adam Warlock. It's going to be Adam Warlock. And I was, I was saying this, and Dylan's like, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I figured it out and when she said, I built somebody. Yeah, she was like the council wants to meet with you and she's like, well, they won't be as disappointed when they find out what I've created. I'm like, it's definitely Adam. Yeah. Warlock. Oh I've, yeah. I'm going to call him Adam. I literally like, I sunk in my seat. I was like, Oh yes. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> I, and I accidentally, yeah hit the shoulder of the man sitting in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) I, I turned to Cassie whenever she, you know, whenever she said, Oh, I I built something. I turned to her and I'm like, it's going to be Adam Warlock. And then Aisha goes, I will call him. And I, I said Adam into Cassie's Uh ear when at the same time that Aisha said it. And Cassie turns to me and she's like, shut up. I can't, I don't know what happened now because you were talking the whole time. And I was like, she's, Aisha made Adam Warlock. I, I don't know who that is because I didn't watch the scene. You wouldn't know it anyway if you watched the scene, Cassandra. Just let me tell you. I want to be cool and predict things. Oh, I predicted so much during this movie. Like, so, obviously, I already talked about uh, the ego body connection to the planet. I talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I called Adam Warlock as soon as they flashed to Aisha. Uh, also, I called the Mary Poppins line because as they were floating down, I was like, hey, Dylan, look, Yondu's Mary Poppins. Oh, and that's Peter, good. Two seconds later, you look like Mary Poppins. I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Is he cool? Yeah, he's yeah, really cool. He's pretty cool. Hey guys, I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, I think. Well, I think that's about all we have to say, right? Yep. I get if I give it. Uh, yeah, let's wrap this shit up. I give it nine and a half out of ten middle fingers. Really? Yeah. I'm only going with a seven. Wow. You are too low on this movie, sir. Well, it's still, like I said, it's still a great movie with some glaring flaws, and I'm I'm sticking by that. Mm. That, That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So there there you go. Take that how you will. One of us us really liked it. One of us... Kind of like it, and I think and I think Dylan would be on your side. Yes, Dylan is on my side. He was supposed to, uh, you know, like send us an opinion or a review or something, and he didn't do it, so he just loses yeah, out. I guess we know that he really liked it, and he would. Let's say that he gives it an eight and a half. 
Yeah. Okay. Dylan gives it an eight and a half from us rating it for him. Yes. Good job, Dylan. Cool. All right. So, uh, really quick sports section. Yeah, really quick sports. Okay, just because I think this is hilarious that (laughs) nobody would sign Jay Cutler as a quarterback, so he's a Fox analyst now, and his first game as an analyst is Bears-Titans preseason. fantastic. And I texted you and Dylan, I really, really hope one of the Bears quarterbacks... Not Mitch Trubisky because I want him to be just good. Get all the backlash. I yeah. want one of the Bears quarterbacks. It'll be Sanchez uh, to throw an interception, <laughs> and I really want whoever is going to be broadcasting with Jay to turn to him and go, "Ah, that look familiar, Jay." <laughs> That'd be so good. I really want it to happen. I want him to get picked on so bad. If it doesn't happen, I will be just incredibly upset with that with Fox. Yeah. So this could this could go two ways. Either he's going to be a great analyst because he knows the game even though he's not that great at it. <laughs> or his just really lackluster personality is not going to go well and everybody's I mean, going to hate him. Yeah. Those are the two options. Granted, we don't know what Jay Cutler's personality is like, because I mean, the bears hardly ever won games. So you, you never really saw a happy Jay Cutler. Um, true. So you would assume that broadcasting, he might be a little happier. Yeah. I mean, he's got to, he's got to have some sort of personality because mm-hmm. he has a hot wife. Yeah, that's true. And, and she's she was not that attractive of a person. So he has to have won her over with yeah. charm because yeah. And plus she was famous before she married him. True. So, you know that it wasn't just for the money and the fame. Mm-hmm. So there has to be there has to be something inside Jay Cutler that is a redeeming quality, and maybe just maybe that will come out in broadcasting. Perhaps because it certainly didn't come out on the field. Yes. So I'm rooting for him because for the past two years I have not been. <laughs> so <laughs> we will see how this goes. I mean, I was rooting for him, but I was rooting for him to get cut. So I guess it's not the same thing. Yeah, that's completely different. There's a difference between rooting to fail and rooting to (laughs) succeed. Yeah, I mean, every day I root for soup to fail. Exactly. That's, yeah. And that's just a part of life. But to be honest with you, I still can't believe that he couldn't get signed by anyone. I can't believe that the Niners signed Hoyer and uh, Barkley and have whatever the hell the other guy is. Yeah. uh, The former Raiders backup quarterback. And they drafted a backup quarterback and they did not sign Jay Cutler. It, yeah, it is actually really surprising. It's really surprising that nobody signed him because he not is even a, the Browns signed him. Absolutely. Nobody like even as a bet, like Jay would be a good back. Like he's a solid backup. Yes. Like he's a veteran. He knows the game. He knows mm-hmm. how to play it. I think that his reputation is worse than he is as a player. And that got the better of him. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but uh, these things happen. Yep. So, and he says that broadcasting and retirement from the game are permanent. Permanent. So. Which, if you pay attention to our Twitter, which, as we already discussed, you probably don't. Nobody does. (laughs) Um, I 
I tweeted that out and I said it's permanent because nobody wants to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm choosing to not play the game. No, 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 no. The rest of the, <laughs> the league, league chose that choosing. you don't play the game. <laughs> You're just following suit. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's he tested free agency for 2 months before going Oh yeah, I'm I'm retiring, and this is this is my choice, and it's what I want. No, nope. That's that's not accurate. That's not what that's you like, want. That's like if I tried to get on an NFL team, and I spent this whole summer trying to do it, and didn't get hired, and then I was like, I've decided that I'm gonna return to my job at Caterpillar because it's what I want. Yeah, that's no, like... No, it's because nobody would hire me for an NFL team. That's like Soup saying, oh, I I choose to date guys because I'm just not interested in women. No, no, no. It's that women aren't interested in you. <laughs> like, no. And that's going to be... That's going to be the last dig of the day because uh, <laughs> we, we can wrap this up now. All right. Uh, so I know I say it every week and nobody does it, but you can <laughs> no email at us. You can email us at sh- the shakedown podcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns. You know Literally what, just say hi. We want to talk to our fans, but apparently nobody wants to talk to us. Austin, what if they just stop listening when we get to sports and that's why nobody knows? To, I don't know to send stuff in. Let's start plugging this in just three times during the podcast. We should do it. At, we'll, we'll do it at the top. Let's do it at Next the week top. we'll do that. Oh, you know what our problem is? What? We've made a conscious choice not to talk to our fans. That's what the problem is. So it's not what? them. Not it's not them not talking to us. It's us choosing not to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're right. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> but no, seriously, guys. <laughs> Email us. Uh, you can tweet at us and find us on Facebook at the Shakedown Pod. We have our website, darknebulaentertainment.com. Yeah, that's what it is. I had to think about it for a second. And then. Not.net. Not.gov. <laughs> darknebulaentertainment.gov. <laughs> no, it's.com. And it's in the, the Shakedown tab there at the top uh i've built that site a little bit more so you can click around see some stuff that i've done and that we've done Woo-hoo. um that i'm trying the lights all the lights are off so i'm trying to read my notebook by moonlight um <laughs> turn on a light i don't want to get up the switch is like five feet away and my cords don't reach that far <laughs> facebook website twitter yeah, you hit all Email. the bases. We got it. Okay, cool. Uh, so that's it for this week. Is there anything happening that we can talk about next week? Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is about to wrap up. I don't know if, if, if that's this coming week. No, it's not because this week is episode 21. They, they run Damn. 22 episodes. Uh, we'll, well find when, something. Yeah. When that wraps, we'll talk <clears throat> about that. Um, we could maybe do a baseball episode finally next week. Hey, yeah, because teams are doing stuff. Yeah, we're, we'll be probably 40 games in by then. Yeah, that sounds about right. Cool. Yeah, we'll do because they're just over 30 now, so. All right, cool. So we can tell Dylan what, that we decided what his section is. Dylan, you're doing baseball whether you like it or not. Cool. And then we'll come up with some other TV and film and geekdom stuff. Hey, you've got lots of comic books to read. Uh, I'm listening to the Darth Plagueis book right now. So Ooh, that's a good book. I am enjoying it. Oh, shit. Yeah, I have 26 comic books I can read. Yeah, you got all kinds of stuff. You can read them, and then after you've read a few, you can put them in a manila packaging envelope and mail it to me. I'll think and about it. And then I can read them. <laughs> 
postage is probably going to cost more than the comic books themselves. Well, I'll mail them back to you with with stamps to repay you. That makes I'll no send you sense. Back, like five stamps. I don't want the stamps. I'd rather take the cash. Who mails stuff anymore? Uh, the military. Okay, that's one exception. <laughs> of course, a government agency is going to use another government agency. <laughs> they got to keep themselves afloat. All right. Well, we're getting on a tangent here. We're done. It's <laughs> we're over. Done. Thanks we're, for listening. Yes, I am Austin Stevens. I'm Dan Schweizer, and there is no Dylan Webster. Nope. And this has been the shakedown. Beep.